So for this episode, we have me, Damien. And I'm Sarah. And today we decided we wanted to discuss a little interesting story slash world known as the Mystery Flesh Pit National Park. This was something that Sarah brought up at one of our meetings, like as a podcast idea. Like, where did you find it again, Sarah? I stumbled upon it while watching YouTube. Someone else actually found it and did an hour long video about it. So I'm like, yes. We should also take a look. And this was entirely your idea. I was pretty late to the party. (laughs) Yeah. And in its relevancy, a lot of the themes that are shown within the series, or not series, it can't be considered a series, but Uh, like the world, I guess, can definitely be interpreted as anti-capitalist, against the exploitation of nature, all for capital, and a lot of topics that are relevant to us at Solidarity Collective. Yeah, I would also add, um, probably you can talk add about the themes of exploitation of workers, just because mm-hmm. of all of the people that are there to harvest the creature in yeah. this world that everyone's literally using for profits. Like this entire concept is literally just about a, as the name suggests, a flesh pit, a some sort of super organism that lives within Texas that people stumbled stumbled upon during sometime during the 1900s and turned it into a national park. And the thing is, like, it's not just a creature you can just walk into. There's a complex system that runs along the creature with different elevators, different rooms, um, tunnels with like assigned trails. Um, it's an entire, and it's it's almost like a cavern almost. But if you yeah. turned it into a super organism. Yeah, it's like its own ecosystem in a way. It's just which includes creatures like what, like I think they're called copepods, yeah, um, macro bacteria, bacteria larger than an elephant. Um, there's abyssal cephalopods, and there's just... also fungus growing in there, like whole forests of fungus, <laughs> <laughs> which overall just adds to the extremely. Like, at first, it sounds like a really weird idea, but then once you read into the the organism itself and then the history on top of that and some of the incidents that have happened, it makes mm-hmm. for a really terrifying concept. But I think overall, the macro bacteria is what scared me. <laughs> that, just because the fact that it talks about they'll actually chase you if you get too close because like, apparently it can somehow sense you, <laughs> is utterly horrifying. Especially with the pandemic going on. <laughs> oh, of course. Yes. What better way to make horror than to, like, base it a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit on the pandemic. Exactly. Because to consider before 2020, nobody ever considered how it would feel to go through a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And now we're living through one. And one of the relevant events is known as the 2007 incident which is extremely relevant in terms of worker exploitation in the case of like where ceos and billionaires decide to get rid of safety regulations to increase efficiency and increase how much money they're earning it ties into that as well in which there was supposed to be a fourth of july event with fireworks and everything which they canceled People had already bought tickets, people were pissed, so they decided to extend their hours instead. But however, because of the already existing system that they had, because they always closed at 8 p.m., none of the park guests could be informed about ongoing issues, and every fail-safe they had was failing. 
to which led to 15,000 people being majorly injured and many more thousand either being semi-digested or completely digested. And the reports even describe how people would, after being saved, walk right back into the creature, which a lot of fans have speculated is not true. It's a, something made up by the government, but who knows? But yeah, this world just has a lot of places for people to delve into, a lot of details that can be speculated on, fan theories based off of official content, and the author plans on making more. Another part that we can look at is also the company called Anodyne, which was actually was actually meant for oil surveillance in the 19 it was in 1970s when they discovered the pit when they were looking for oil. But over time, after it became a national park, they actually took more and more control of it. And actually turned it into a massive sea corporation where they actually harvested the creature for different products such as over-the-counter medicine, different additives to products to make them more alluring. And it seems to be a favorite part of not just us but many of the fans, these pools that actually had different hallucinogen effects on the people who swam in them. <laughs> but overall, regardless of whether you want to see it for um, interpretive themes into anti-capitalism, anti-exploitation, or whether you just like the idea of the flesh pit. Um, it's a great, great, like, world, great detail, amazing author. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have Trevor, the author of, I guess, creator of the flesh pit, come on to here and talk a little bit about his creation. And he also has a special surprise at the end about some other things he's working on. So stay in tune for that, because other than this, you're probably not going to hear it. <laughs> yep. His first podcast and an exclusive interview with the creator. Hey, Trevor, how's it going? Good. Happy to be here. Uh, anything you want to say before we start asking questions? I'll just kind of take it as we go and kind of see uh, what direction this goes. I was honestly excited to start this when we first started discussing the story as a whole, <laughs> your creation. When Sarah first brought it up, I was like, this actually sounds really cool. This, this could make a really good podcast idea, like something to explore, something to delve into. Yeah, you guys are getting in early. Uh, so far, I think there's there's a few YouTube videos um, and maybe a, a a blog post or two, but so far nobody nobody's reached out to me about a podcast yet. So this is exciting. It's new new territory. I was gonna say, um, I actually found you through YouTube. So wasn't it Wendy Goon? Yeah, Wendy Goon. He had a whole hour long video about the whole like world building and everything. Yeah, no, that's it's really exploded. Um, He's he's a really good guy. He uh, he reached out uh, before he even made the video and was asking me some questions, kind of trying to get an inside view of the world. And after his video, man, it's it's really taken off. How would you describe the mystery flesh pit? So the kind of uh, elevator pitch that I've I've kind of workshopped over a couple of years as I've been developing this. So the mystery flesh pit is the name given to a bizarre natural geobiological feature discovered in the Permian Basin region of West Texas 
in the early 1970s. The pit itself is characterized as an enormous subterranean organism of indeterminate size and origin embedded deep within the earth, displaying a vast array of highly unusual and often disturbing phenomena within its internal anatomy. So after it was discovered in the 70s, and uh, after subsequent survey exploration missions, the uh, surface orifice, the actual, the pit, was enlarged and internal sections were slowly reinforced and developed by private interests who first opened this whole, the pit as a tourist attraction. Uh, but then in the 80s, the entire site was absorbed into the national park system, which operated it and maintained it as the mystery flesh pit national park until it closed uh, due to a, a catastrophic disaster in 2007. Okay, it seems like uh, you've had to answer this a few times. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, world building's hard. So once you finally get a good concept, I imagine like it needs to be concrete. <laughs> yes, and I, I've, I've kind of, a lot of this, is, it's developed organically and uh, pun very much intended. Uh, <laughs> as kind of as I've gone along, it, it's, it almost kind of, it creates kind of directions for itself but I've always tried to to kind of keep that as the the guiding kind of basis for the entire entire project um because I imagine like have, have you personally had any issues with building the world per se because I'm an artist slash author myself and I know that one of the toughest things for me at least in like building a story is building the world itself. See, I, I've heard that from many other authors and artists, and I, I'm, I, I think I kind of have the reverse problem. To me, coming up with settings or uh, you know backgrounds for worlds, very easy. I, I have dozens of different ideas and concepts for things, but I, I really struggle with, uh, I think, creating you know compelling characters and creating narrative interest beyond just a fascinating high concept. Yeah, I kind of envy you in that sense. Because <laughs> I can come up with characters for days, but God forbid I tried to come up with a setting or backstory behind the environment. <laughs> well, it's, as the scope of this project has increased, uh, I think I've, I've tried to keep a very academic and, and kind of science forward tone with the entire thing. And uh, to, to really kind of research a lot of these, you know, kind of various topics well outside my, my expertise has been a bit of a challenge um, because you want to, you want to create something so that people who, who do understand biology of uh, cave forms, they, they can, you know, see the material, see the artwork and, and read the descriptions of these things and not immediately just be put off by how unrealistic it is. So I'll say that's kind yeah. of a challenge. Which really seems to be doing well with the SCP Foundation fans. Like a lot of them are really enjoying the flesh pit as a whole. That, that's been another interesting thing as, as this whole project has kind of moved along is the variety of the, the fan base. I've got people, understandably, from a lot of kind of horror kind of backgrounds who are interested in it for its um, kind of the spookiness and kind of gore aspect of it. But uh, there's also uh, plenty of people who I've, uh, you know, emailed with or, or you know, interacted with, uh, you know, on Reddit or, or Tumblr or Twitter who, you know, they're geologists or they are, you know, national park rangers who have expressed a, an interest in this story. And, and so to hear that it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to me, the, the 
width of the variety of people who who this kind this story in one way or another kind of connects to. Where exactly do you plan to actually go with all this world building? Like, I know you're writing a book and you're hoping to publish that. Is there anything else you wanted to do? I've I've got a few different um, I'll say interests parties who who have expressed um, varying levels of of interest in developing this into a something like you know either a film or a television series or mm-hmm. um, uh, several kind of proposals for you know some kind of video game system or or a video game or a uh, like a tabletop module and so I'm I'm slowly kind of working on some of those um, a lot of them it's it's very kind of slow coming yeah uh, but the book is is the primary focus right now Mm-hmm. Uh, and just make- just creating a this archive it's i i think just in you know for for its own sake it's very much in you know this whole thing inspired by a lot of kind of early internet you know, geocities sites mm-hmm. that were kind of one-off spooky collections of things and so kind of in the tradition of that it's just developing this out till i i feel that it's sufficiently fleshed out and complete yeah, because I did see um, quite a few people talking about making like survival horror video games out of it. I think someone actually had like some gameplay that they actually post on your subreddit. Yeah, there's I know of at least uh, two development projects currently in the works. Um, one of them is is a 3D survival horror. Uh, the other one is like a, a platformer. Uh, and I think uh, some other people I've, I've seen bits and pieces where they've modded other games to incorporate um elements of the the flesh bit lore so that's that's been really fun to see Mm -hmm. other people getting excited about it oh yeah how do you i I guess you already already answered um how you feel about all these people creating all this different media from it you seem pretty excited about that i i love it i'm i'm glad anything that that i can make that uh you know other people they also enjoy that if it if it makes them you know, entertained, happy, curious, um, disgusted, uh, any kind of emotional <laughs> reaction, I, I consider a positive, uh, positive interaction. And it, it means that the something I'm doing is, is hitting people in, in some, some measurable way. So I, I'm, I'm, I tend to be very supportive of all the fan art and um, fan fiction and, and game mm-hmm. projects that people are doing. What inspired you to actually like create this whole world? So I've, I've, that's probably the most asked question that I've, <laughs> yeah, I've received, um, yeah. you know, online and offline. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it's hard. I, I wish I had some uh, pithy, you know, deep answer as to, you know, well, the, the state of the world or something like that. But I, it was a bunch of little things. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say that. So the, the whole the whole kind of thing started with a, a dumb poster that I, I put on Reddit, uh, maybe two years now almost two years ago now um and it, it started i i i was at work i i work at i used to work at an architecture firm and one it was a, a middle of july i think and someone in the break room they'd left out a like half of a uh a, a, a melon like a, a honeydew melon right and it was, it was, it was old and it was, just, it didn't, it, it looked pretty gross. And as I was waiting for, I think some, you know, coffee or something, I, I was looking at it and I thought, you know, I, that would be really gross if it was like massive, if it was, you know, maybe this, this cantaloupe half, this, you know, with all the seeds and the strings and everything, if, if this was, you know, 
500 feet across and you just found this somewhere that'd be horrifying and so i i put my camera my phone camera at kind of a low angle i snapped a picture and then uh took it into photoshop and started messing around i found some photos of a, a pit mine in south africa uh and kind of photoshopped it in there and and then you know put a filter pass over it to kind of replicate the old uh WPA style uh, national park posters. And, and so I had this awful thing and I thought, well, maybe it would be better if it was red, you know, like it, what if it was meat? And then, so that just kind of, well, okay. So it's some kind of mystery flesh pit thing. And so that first poster was very much a one-off just kind of having fun coming up with what weird stuff could I put on this um, kind of inspired by other, like I said, other early weird internet phenomena that I, 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 I love um, other world building projects that I'd, I'd seen on Reddit. Um, in particular, uh, there's a guy, uh, Will Thompson, who did uh, a, a series called Crocodile Tours. Uh, you can find it kind of if you search that on Reddit, but that, that was kind of the first thing to make me go, yeah, I could just come up with some little world or something for this. I also write and publish, so I'm just going to say it's probably not the weirdest reason someone's been inspired to do this kind of thing with the fact that you mentioned like oh i wish i had a deeper meaning for what inspired me um so even though it did start from very simplistic you know inspirations once you were in the writing process and you were building this world did you have any sort of like themes or concepts that you like found throughout the way that you were like i definitely want to put into this world oh, oh absolutely um as it's as it's developed and I've I've kind of had to give it more structure, there's absolutely emerged, you know, some some themes and some of them I I kind of centered around, you know, it, inspired by other works of fiction that I, I greatly enjoy. Um, a, a lot of uh, Michael Crichton's work I adore. Uh, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, um, you know, these these stories of you know hubris of uh, kind of mankind messing with things they don't really understand um but then also kind of deeper uh i guess inspirations coming out of growing up in west texas in the southwest kind of right in the heart of the uh the oil economy and kind of the relationship between capital and resource extraction uh but also the I think kind of the commodification of uh, nature for tourism purposes um, as a, as a kid. And even today, I still, you know, take trips to places like Santa Fe, um, you know, New Mexico, uh, big bend where you see the kind of wilderness nature aspect of, of that area being used as a selling point to get people to come spend their money there. And I think if, if you talk to anyone who really does work in these kinds of places where they're out in nature or they're out in the wilderness, it's, it's dangerous. It's people die all the time. It's nature itself is, is extremely cutthroat. And so that kind of background idea of this very dangerous reality of, of the natural world being used as a, a tourism gimmick was absolutely a big part of what has inspired the story moving forward. Yeah, that really does sound like that's definitely something that I would have added if I were you. Um, 
considering that in Wyoming, you know, we do have some of the world, like the country's national parks and um, in a lot of places it can be dangerous. And that's, you know, why there's paths and everything else, but how, you know, even with national parks, you know, pr trying to preserve, as they say, these different areas, somehow human interaction still manages to mess with it. And there's still had, there's still like human tragedies and casualties, yes. et cetera. If people read enough into this, you, this could be considered, you know, anti-capitalist. And I saw some people actually, you know, reading it and interpreting it as an anti-capitalist and anti-environment mm -hmm. exploitative kind of thing. And does this kind of interpretation of your work surprise you by any means? Or is this something that you kind of expected after writing some of the concepts? Well, I'll say that in in my work, especially my, my work beyond the flesh pit, but especially with the flesh pit project, I try to very closely exaggerate and parody reality. My my intention is 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 just to kind of present it as it would be. And I think uh, whatever conclusions politically, economically, socially or otherwise that people would like to draw from that, I think that you know you you can come to your own conclusions I, I i certainly i i would i would be very surprised if there were people who who if the popular consensus to the work was that you know that well the poor you know the poor anodyne corporation was uh was they were they were just trying to make a buck you know that's they they're they're the heroes of this story that would that would surprise me a little bit yeah i haven't you know? seen anything like that before now, on i any i of have those. seen a, it's it almost um is there's a, there's a uh a, a fan discord for this whole um project for for fans who you know they go and they discuss aspects about it and they theorize and and almost a uh a rite of passage for for new uh fans who join this uh ongoing you know discussion with the fans they always bring up the idea why don't we just nuke the pit the pit why don't we oh, just yeah. get rid of this why don't <laughs> we and i always am kind of amused by that that because there's some people i think who who come at this yes they they see the the pit as a clear metaphor for the exploitation of nature and the natural world but i i also i i would want to at least stress with my own interpretation of it um which is not the the most valid i think anybody's interpretation of artists is you know valid to them the nature itself is deadly and it's its own you know kind of force that is not always aligned with human comfort or survival and that there's in real life there's no there is no you know good or evil or you know that one force of either capitalism or natural naturalism is is any more valid it's i'm more interested in just examining these these relationships further oh i get you right there because like honestly regardless if it's a metaphor or if it's literally just that a horror-based like story either way it's a really interesting concept and it leaves so much room for people to explore to make theories and i think this is something that a lot of people of different like fan types can easily get into because there's some people who really like linear stories and then there's people who like love the idea of having something that they can just continuously explore and interact with other fans about um and about the nukes um i found a compass meme that someone had made on the subreddit about the post 2007 incident of different types of people in reaction to the incident so like people who want to preserve the pit someone who wants to kill the pit 
those who are more radical about it and people who are a bit more moderate. And one of the people was in the far upper quadrant, which was kill the pit and radical. And it was literally the guy who authorized the nukes. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I think that's, that's really, it, the, the obsession with that is, I think, uh, telling um, and also understandable. I think it's, uh, that's, that's, how many th other things in fiction and and sadly kind of in real life too are, is the proposed solution just to use nuclear weapons and and if you could i i think it's yeah uh, that wouldn't be much of a story i think if they just found it and they blew it up that i mean that's it's a, it's a pretty pretty short little uh narrative there I don't know. Maybe we'll have like a Godzilla reaction in which it feeds off the nuclear power. Uh, there, it's it's possible. People have even theorized it can't develop cancer because it's such a super organism. Yeah, this has been it, and this is, goes back to um, what I kind of mentioned earlier with uh, a lot of these experts in in these you know myriad fields kind of coming forward and giving their uh, thoughts and their kind of reactions to it. Um, I, that wasn't even I something I had considered early in the project about, you know, what, what if, you know, why, how would this, you know, not get cancer? How would this, you know, realistically get oxygen to, to its, its, you know, all of its, its tissues? How would it, how would you know, the proteins and the cellular issues and things? And those were all things I really was not too deeply concerned with, with answering, but as these people who are biologists or, uh, doctors or um, uh, chemists have kind of come forward and, and proposed their own theories for, well, actually this could work this way and this way. That's, I, that has been really beneficial to me to, to kind of tie everything <laughs> together and, and almost take an attitude of, well, yeah, of course that's the way it is. That's yes, that's intentional. <laughs> and, and then one of my favorite things that I think is now actually my most favorite thing about the fandom and the story is people's obsession with the libido bath. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's, I would say that the whole, the pleasure domes um, component of the, the entire, the world, um, probably one of the most kind of damning pieces of, uh, of lore. Um, and uh, it's, I, I've enjoyed reading people's speculations as to, uh, you know, why why would he why would he make this why would he <laughs> you know do this and that was kind of, i'll say that that was kind of informed and inspired um i've 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 been to a few uh uh natural thermal hot spring spas uh just around the u.s and uh it, it's kind of it's clear to me that the draw there's that's an enormous you know kind of profit motivation with anything that's kind of health centered or wellness centered and so I just started thinking, well, okay, what, what, how would you, how would you kind of push that up to 11? And so I thought, well, okay, what if it had some kind of hallucinogenic property, you know, that, that would make it even more kind of intriguing beyond just being a miracle healing situation. And then of course, kind of this going back to discussions of capitalism and, and about resource exploitation, uh, sex cells, um, for better or worse, that's, I think you can reasonably count on any sufficiently large um, corporate enterprise to, to find some way to, to wedge in some kind of uh, sexual angle 
whether that's buried under you know different kind of layers of abstraction there's something there that that is a a really fantastic marketing tool and so i think to my my idea with adding this was that to kind of rationalize why would people go down into this monster it makes no sense that people would do this unless you put some things down there that is like understandably the American public would be kind of, you know, morbidly curious about experiencing. So Yeah, because when I first looked into it, so I'm the kind of person that when I inspect any sort of fandom or any sort of story, I in the back of my mind, I will always think, is there rule 34 of it? So oh, when I God. saw that there was a libido bath, I was like, oh no, the potential. Luckily, I there is nothing. There is nothing That's technically good. yet of rule 34, but I was like, this just leaves a huge area for people to make some sort of rule 34 as mild or as extreme as it may be. My, my hope was that the, the contrast between, you know, the, the potency and the, the very nature of the, the thermal springs themselves, and also that you're down miles deep into the innards of, you know, this giant abomination kind of, that it, my, the hope was that those would kind of cancel each other out and that it's the, 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 the contrast between them and the absurdity of that contrast becomes then the kind of primary point of it, as opposed to just, uh, uh, you know, there's water that makes you horny. Uh, <laughs> Which I think is not necessarily for the aspect of the horniness, more so just the fact of there's a little bit of something for everybody to, find a favorite in whether that be the metaphors that could be interpreted whether that be specific parts specific attractions like the clown kism <laughs> and like of course the libido bath and the springs and everything yeah, i've tried to be pretty pretty wide with the net i've i've cast to try to topics and and areas of interest because i i tend to have very very wide interests and this this project has kind of allowed me to to go off in all these different uh, directions. It reminded me of the fan art I found on the subreddit where they ship the pit with the corporation. <laughs> that oh, was hilarious. Oh, and I was just like, I, I've made, I mean, okay, I may have seen that. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think I was trying to find fan fiction just to see if somebody wrote something. I really couldn't find anything, but I found the fan well, art. And now, I'm just if, like, if there is a... Uh, uh, it's it's on um i think it's on tumblr and i think it's also on uh what is it ao3 oh yeah there's there's a a novel length uh <laughs> piece of fan fiction uh, uh i'm i'm serious 300,000 words uh um, crap I, it's and i i'll actually I, I will i will endorse it it's really good it's i will say it it is it it's is close to a canon novel as I think anybody could get. Uh, uh, the awesome. author was very, very talented. Um, it, it reads a lot more like a uh, kind of a thriller novel, um, you know, government conspiracy kind of very entertaining, I thought. Yeah. So if you like that. the bit at all, I, I, I feel like I kind of have to recommend that. Uh, yeah. I think the, the title is Down the Rabbit Hole. That was definitely a good recommendation. What challenges do you think have arisen trying to create this whole world? Like I mentioned earlier, um, it, a lot of it's kind of research. Um, as, as the world gets bigger and more interconnected, it's a lot, it's a significant challenge to kind of keep tabs on all of the details that I've already established. 
such that uh, things do not contradict each other. And as I add new details and I develop new uh, materials to kind of ex expound and, and develop the world, you know, kind of more, provide a bigger window into the world to not um, have to, to go back and change things, uh, you know, that maybe when I had written some of the very earliest material, I had no idea it was going to end up being this big. So, uh, some of the early decisions have kind of, I, I've almost kind of painted myself into a corner a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, trying to avoid that as I move forward with new material, that, that's a challenge. Um, uh, you know, researching things uh, like anatomy, biology, uh, uh, metabolic processes, uh, you know, xenobiology of how, how hypothetical forms of, you know, silicon-based life, hydrogen-based life, uh, ammonia-based life, and wrapping my head around that to try to get a, a tight enough understanding that I can convincingly write about it and illustrate it is, is kind of a, a challenge. So you'd say your whole flesh pit Bible is getting pretty large at this point? It, it's a pretty substantial uh, stack of, of material. Mm -hmm. um, and then also just making the decision of, you know, what is something that really does add to, to the world and, and people really like, you know, but also things that, you know, might bring in new fans to the, to the, the entire world. Cause there's, there's long time fans of this who are, you know, they're, they've already consumed every single piece of media and they, they are wanting answers to these, you know, kind of very esoteric, deeper uh, lore issues. But if I, if I just start kind of going with that, that level of detail into things, I think I'm, I'm going to lose a lot of people because it, it will kind of become inaccessible. Uh, and so that, that's a balance trying to maintain that kind of, you know, some of the material should be su of sufficient uh, detail and depth that it gives people who, you know, have been invested in this since the beginning and who are very, you know, uh, uh, in some cases, they're almost better experts at this lore than I am because I, I have to constantly go back and reference my older posts and work to just remember what, what, what exactly did I say about this? How did I exactly say this was done? Is there anything you've actually had to get got? like get rid of like lore wise because there it is work? there's there's a big one um mm -hmm. they which so far the only major retcon i've i've done early in the the this project i think it was on some of the signs i had made a uh reference that uh the the pit was was called uh a name in uh like uh, ancient uh, uh sumerian so like uh uh I think it's uh, pronounced cuneiform. Yep. Uh, so like hieroglyphics and cuneiform. Yep. And so that, which would seem to imply that that you know the, the either the ancient Sumerians had some knowledge of the pit or it had been over there at one point. And I had originally done that because it just it's it looked kind of cool. It looked like it this added some cryptic weirdness to it. Uh, but then as I started to develop more and more info, I to try to make that work would have changed so many things and required such a stretch of, of disbelief that I, I decided to, to ax that, that portion. Um, 
And so people, uh, people will still, they will find some of the older versions of some of the earliest works still floating around, you know, the, the internet. And so they will come into the subreddit or the uh, Tumblr, the discord, and they'll be asking about, you know, the Sumerian. And it's like, I, I, I was a little bit of a hack. I had to retcon that bit, but. It was that the thing you put on the fake magazine. That was. A yes. Whole... Yes. So oh, that, yes. that okay. was, that okay. was a pretty, pretty oblique reference to the, uh, that was just me. Not really. When I first made that early stuff, I, it was, it was a lot more just kind of a joke. And... I, did, I did like how you like explain that away though. That was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking back on like the circus clown Kymus and how a lot of people are referencing back, referencing it to the Mount Everest and how people will use dead people's bodies as like a marker yes. and how this has been, you know, exploited to be something that, um, you know, is more of an attraction rather than, you know, something that people are quiet about, take a moment of silence. Mm -hmm. um, and then thinking back upon this, I was thinking like, there's a lot of different like creatures, a lot of different formations that people seem to, you know, favor most ones that they want to develop more over on top of that is there something that you personally have added to the universe that you like favor the most whether that's like a creature um formation with whatever it may be I, I i don't know i think it's like asking a parent which of their kids is their favorite i um oh true <laughs> i i to, to me all of all of the creatures and all of the uh the locations and aspects of the uh the the pits are are kind of, I, I don't see any as a favorite. I think it's, they're all, they all, if I, if I'm going to go to the time to introduce something to the lore and to the world, I, I think it, it adds value about equal to everything else. Um, uh, and I will say my, my background um, is in uh, technical illustration, architectural design. And so to me, my favorite things to work on uh, are things like the vehicles, the, the, equipment, the tools, the tunnels, the, the, you know, designing, how would these buildings realistically? Um, so I would say I, I, I enjoy that aspect of making mostly because it's easy that I don't have yeah. to go off and do a ton of research. I can kind of just, you know, wing it pretty closely. And, uh, which I think makes it like even better for people who are like looking into it for the first time. Cause like, when I first saw like all the images of like the tech, the gear, the physical layout, like I was honestly extremely impressed. I was like, this is really good like imagery to basically show how the park looks, what the caverns and tunnels look like. Uh, and for, for sections, I'll, I'll also comment that I know a lot of people, they want to see, uh, I, there's one in particular that comes to mind, uh, maybe two. Uh, people very curious about what uh, God's mistake is. Oh is yeah, a, I've a, seen a that myself. And then uh, oyster shame, and I've I've kind of made references and kind of hints at what, but I think the 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 meta fact of it is that anything that I I would I, that I could come up with for a couple of these things are going to fall very short of what people's imaginations can evoke with just the name. Yeah. And so I'm I'm very hesitant with some things to really go into too much detail because I I really enjoy when I consume fiction, when I read or, or watch a, a film or something, I really enjoy when the authors or artists kind of just let things be. It it to yeah. me that's that retains a lot more of the mystery and the the interest in it than having it completely defined. 
but your imagery is like good enough that apparently there's had to be people have had to make articles that explained whether or not the flesh pit actually exists like enough people are convinced that it's a conspiracy theory not so much a world building story oh oh yeah i that that uh that makes my day whenever i see little <laughs> you know like people like on, on twitter you know who are asked or in youtube comments asking you know is this isn't real right this you know i that makes me happy you gotta take a reality check because <laughs> i feel like this is i've i've kind of gone I've I've gone way past um, jumping the shark on a lot of this uh, material uh, in terms of just kind of the almost I would I would call it B movie schlockiness to it um, <laughs> you know versus other things a, a great one if if uh, you know people don't if if they haven't if, if they're not familiar with this uh, Ted the Caver was mm -hmm. uh, something uh, early kind of GeoCities page from. I, I maybe the late nineties, um, very simple website, uh, told a story told through these, uh, updates to, uh, this guy's caving personal caving blog and for how minimalist it was and, and a, a tight story. I think there, I, when I first read it and when I was much younger, I was convinced that was like real, like in, you know, at the, at the end where he, he says he's going to go back to this, this cave one more time. And then, you know, the blog hasn't been updated since 2002. It's it, it very compelling. And, and so I could definitely see that kind of thing. People absolutely thought it was real because there was no associated author with it. There was no, I have no idea who actually made that page. Um, whereas something like the flesh pit to me, it's funny that people would think it's real because it's, there's, there's so many references to, to kind of goofiness and, and humor, you know, names of things and, well, I mean, in the in the current state of the country, it's not hard to convince people that fake conspiracy theories are real, considering that there are people who actually believe that ivermectin is a real medicine the, yes, that was yeah. posed as a horse medicine. Yeah, so I can honestly um, believe when people think they like think that it's a real thing. Yeah, that is, I unfortunately, yeah, reality, especially lately, so you know, easy it, to it's, twist. It's kind of gotten a little bit weirder than some parts of fiction which i think is why i love this story so much is that like granted it's just as wacky as the real world but i can you know explore a fantasy world and delve deep into it without you know anything weird happening in reality <laughs> i guess since you're more into the technological part of it what's your favorite maybe piece of technology again i don't know if i have a favorite i i was I think it's there's there's things I've kind of when I've been developing it I I tend to go into much much greater um, detail on the the technological side of things because that that's what I know. Um, so for like the lower visitor center, I I probably spent a good three and a half four months designing it um, on paper. You know, working out all the all the way down to, you know, how how would the uh, you know HVAC systems of this work how would the you know uh kind of the the areas for transporting if they have restaurants down in this this concourse how are they going to get these pallets of you know frozen materials down through this elevator system you know how does communications handled so i would say the amount of work that i time that i spent developing the visitor center relative to you know many other posts versus you know things that people really do enjoy about it uh 
yeah, I, I think that maybe the visitor center and uh, uh, you know maybe one of the 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 first kind of ranger vehicle kind of hold a soft oh, yeah. spot to me um just because i spent so much time on them and then that just that tends to be what i'm interested in so um uh, whereas something like the abyssal copepod which is kind of I, I think it's safe to say has become some something of kind of a a mascot for the entire the fan the entire project that seems to be one of the most recognizable things that, that people have made in fan art of this whole project that I, I, I maybe spent 20 minutes <laughs> think, you know, designing and, and, you know, designing that, that animal of, I had kind of a, a, a large, um, you know, grub worm lobster creature. And I thought, Oh, what if I gave it weird, E.T. looking hands. That would be funny. And that and that's turned out to be one of the most popular elements of it. And that people deeply speculate and theorize about what what the implications of this are. So it's been very unexpected what people what people really attach on to. One thing that interested me was the miting of the actual flesh pit. The sheer challenge versus like, say, even just oil rigs. Yes. Which are just interesting and dangerous as themselves and then you have that plus the claustrophobia the heavy machinery yeah so that's something um throughout all of this that i've wanted to i've really tried to stick with is re as realistic as i can be while it while still being feasible and entertaining uh i i do i i don't like the idea of it just being basically a cave tube but it's made of meat that to me is yeah. That's been done. It's boring. I think, you know, movies where, where, you know, maybe these submarines shrink down and they go into, you know, inside somebody, their bloodstream. I think that's been done so often. And, and so I really wanted to, to, yeah, illustrate the immense difficulty that this would present uh, to try to, to build systems inside of a living creature uh, you know, less, less just straight meat, but also things like tendon and, you know, bone and uh, kind of fat tissues and, and infection areas and, and just what a, what a challenge and kind of unique, as far as I'm aware, I no no other piece of fiction that I've become aware of has, has kind of really looked at this and kind of thought, how, how would you do this that where it's not just a submarine in a blood vessel or like a magic school bus kind of situation. Um, and so one of, one of the, the pieces that I'm, I'm kind of uh, maybe 70% finished with as of, as of this, uh, this interview uh, is designing the, uh, the mining rigs, these immense giant vehicles that kind of operate at these deeper levels. And how would you do that? How would you tunnel through flesh? How would you propel a vehicle of that tonnage, you know, forward when everything is completely slippery and, and made of, you know, kind of soft tissue and you can't really grab onto anything. So it, that's been a fun engineering kind of challenge to to figure that out and then to kind of present that as well of course this is how you do it in in the context of the world yeah that definitely does sound like a interesting challenge <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i started thinking about the fact that you talked about what would happen if you actually cook the meat and are you talking about how like it's disgusting to eat yeah i'm just, yep, that's, I'm just yeah, about funny. the same at the same um I think level is talking about nuking the pit. People yeah. get fascinated with, you know, well, what does it taste like? What is it? Which is I, weird that that's people's first thought is what does it taste like? <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's a, that's a very fair question. Um, 
I would imagine like any large animal, you know, like whales or, or elephants, you know, there's a reason we don't really eat those, you know, those, those animals. And it's like, it's, it's not very good, especially I think if the, the, since the pits, it, it, a major part of its diet is hydrocarbons. And so it's, it's going to be more mineral than, than, uh, you know, maybe a steak or chicken or something. Yeah. But I do like every, every, and this is almost every fan of this seems to have some collective idea that, uh, they served the pit meat at the, the, uh, the Burger King that's down in the visitor center. And that's, I think that's funny. Well, even if the meat is disgusting, I like the idea that secretions were put into like Coca-Cola and ketchup, like for the simple fact that, you know, it wasn't necessarily disgusting, but it's kind of a little bit of horniness. Well, I, and I think that there's, if you really, if you go and look at what is in, you know, a bunch of the things like, uh, you know, ice creams or, uh, you know, sodas or, or a bunch of these other, you know, huge, giant global com- commercial food products it's you know they they put seaweed and stuff they they you know uh, i think it's pretty well known now that in van- vanilla ice cream they put uh some uh extract they they get from beavers that that's that's put in yeah in, from their behinds <laughs> yeah and like that's you know everybody's kind of accepts that as, as a normal thing so that the idea that that you know of course the coca-cola company would put this in a in a drink is i to me it felt like a natural fit yeah which for the fact that it's considered an aphrodisiac i could understand like coca-cola or something mm-hmm. but then i saw the ketchup and i was like oh th- that i don't think heinz ketchup would want to uh, make an aphrodisiac unless they're like exploring you know their marketing that was that was funny that was whoever did that was was pretty it's a pretty good uh parody giddy up ketchup that's <laughs> <laughs> and then apparently there's enough for fans to speculate enough for them to find information that you officially now have an iceberg that people now want to try and explain. Yeah. I think there's a couple icebergs. I there it's on some, it's on so many different kind of areas now, like uh, sites and, and networks that I, it, I'm, I'm not very good at keeping up with all of the fan stuff, but um, I remember seeing some of them and it's, there was one made almost a year ago, and I think it came from. Uh, I want to say they were having some discussion somewhere on 4chan, and they they started getting into ideas about, oh, well, it's this and it's this and it's this, and that's where one of them came from. But I think there's yeah, some and, others. Yeah, and at the lower ends of the meme that I current, the the one that I found on Reddit includes things like George Lucas visited the mystery flush pit the one that i haven't been able to figure out but i'm not even going to get into it it's like the carlsbad rumors oh um, the pit is a guyan defense mechanism and other things like that that's that's pretty good i that's i, I could see carlsbad carlsbad caverns i've i've been there may you know easily six seven times now i i live maybe you know three and a half four hours away uh Oof. And so that those were abs- the, the caverns were a huge inspiration to the the kind of the whole the the feeling of the the, the flesh pits and the the inclusion of the nat- national park aspect. Uh, so I could I could definitely see somebody to, some kind of connection there. I don't know. 
But, like, what surprised me was that enough people, like, when they were discussing, like, supposedly the Carlsbad rumors, they were saying, you don't want to look this up. Trust me. If, and people would be like, well, time to do some research. They'd come if, back if and they'd I say, had to, no, If I had don't. to make, make a guess about what that, just that, if, if, if you're looking at the one that I think you're looking at, that was one of the earlier ones created that was from 4chan. There was, there were these big, uh, it, a couple years ago, huge conspiracy iceberg memes uh, of, of all these, you know, kind of conspiracy theories. Uh, and I remember one of them that was on every one of them was uh, golf rumors and then do not research. And it was mm. some, something about a, a, it was a guy who his name, his last name was golf and he had been abducted. And then people who had investigated it also, uh where they went missing so it was kind of but people had no idea what that was referencing and so they ah. started just adding that is jokingly to other other memes and things uh okay, so that I, makes if i had to guess sense. i would say that that's probably a, a similar kind of thing reference or something i thought we were gonna ask um about the occult you i heard there were some like occult <laughs> elements to it you were asking about yeah, like some fans some fans were like speculating like would people make a cult out of this why well, i i think that's yeah i mean probably people have made cults out of a lot less uh so i think if this was real yeah there'd absolutely be some kind of um cult activity you know with it uh you know to some degrees uh my my thing with with getting into the cult aspect of it um on, I I feel like the the in in horror media in general that the whole kind of a you know a Lovecraftian and I I don't I don't like that word but uh, the cosmic horror and then cultists I feel like that has been so overplayed and that's been done so many times that unless I really had a way that I thought I could bring you know bring more of the cults aspect into it in a in a kind of novel or unique way I would but but really it to me it's it's that that would get into too many you know it would become too derivative and it I, to me it wouldn't be interesting it wouldn't be as as fascinating uh to just rehash a lot of this oh it's a cult that worships a giant abomination okay and they sacrifice people to the to the pit or whatever i completely get that because like i really do love cosmic horror kind of stuff but it really can make or break a story. And if it's not really well done, it can really make your kind of writing look really bad. And so in this aspect, I could understand why you, unless you really had a good idea for it, why you wouldn't want to develop on something like that. And I, I will, I will say this is a, uh, maybe this, this could be an, an exclusive um, sneak preview here. Uh, I, I really don't, like I said, I don't want to get into any, the, the cult aspect or anything in in the flesh pit narrative because i it's like i said like we you're talking about it's been done so many times uh however i i've slowly very very early i've kind of begun working on the next thing the next world that i want to try to the next project that i want to take on and I, I i'm not that could be a year from now that could be two years from now i, I don't i'm not sure when exactly i'll be kind of finished with the flesh pit, but the next thing that I want to focus on is much more, uh, I, I kind of think a original take on things like, 
the occult and uh, the more spiritual world, less of a kind of fleshy and body horror, sci science fiction horror, and more kind of a take that I've developed on supernatural horror. Uh, so I guess keep, keep your eyes open for that whenever I, that, that eventually, I, when I decide it's ready to begin leaking out information for it. But it was amazing having you here, Trevor. Yeah. Thank the discussion you. we had was amazing and I wish you luck with your writing. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, did you have anything you wanted to plug to the listeners before you left? Um, yeah. I'll say uh, if you want to you know, read all this stuff, uh, it is at uh, mysteryfleshpit.tumblr.com. That's where you can find all of the information. That's that's the official archive. There's also uh, r slash fleshpit national park uh, is the official subreddit. And then uh, I've also got a... Uh, a gift shop that where you can buy official uh, mystery flesh pit t-shirts or hats, or uh, if you want the flesh pit logo on a mug, you can also, you can buy that there. Uh, that is uh, MFP gift shop, all one word dot store com. And once I get my next paycheck, I plan on buying some merch. <laughs> so I, I, it's they're quality shirts. That's I'll, I'll, I'll plug that. <laughs> they're good. I, I, I searched for a long time to find a place that had actual good, comfortable t-shirt so but yeah thank you guys for having me on it was it was fun to fun to talk about it your support on patreon.com solidarity house ensures that we can deliver this content to the public for free 